You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. You know, I'm a big sports fan and I, uh, but I'm not a big, I'm a big baseball fan only when the Pirates are any good, which is never, you know, they were good like three years after 20 years of losing and then they went to losing again. So the fact that they're not playing baseball and they may not play baseball at all this year doesn't mean anything to me personally. Um, but I am a big Steelers fan, and this is an important year coming up where they have a really good defense. And, you know, my hope is that the two of the offensive stars they had from last year who stunk last year because of injuries and other reasons, Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner, I, I think they have every reason, including monetarily, to play really well this year. So I think that's going to – that and the return of Ben is going to really turn around that offense – uh, from shit last year back back to a very good offense to go with the very good defense. So I truly expect the Steelers to be one of the best, if not the best, teams in the NFL in the coming season. I really do. But here's the problem. All the people that are sports commentators, talking heads, they're really the most egregious offenders of the open up, get back to it, stop the lockdown movement that was so full of ignorance. People that don't want to wear masks and just these this group of buffoons that, um, you know, assert that the, the COVID virus is not deadly and so on and so forth. Um, some of the worst offenders are these sports people because their livelihoods depend on sports, because they love sports, they played sports when they were younger, they lived, breathed, and died sports. So obviously they just want them to get back, get back. But here's the problem they don't understand is, you know, as we're reopening, because we can't shut down anymore, and nobody said we should, you can't stay shut down forever. You just can't, you know. But the fact of the matter is, of course, what we're seeing as we open back up is spikes in cases, of course. And especially with uh, all the idiots out there that won't even wear masks. So we're seeing the spikes in the cases. So the sports people are all saying, hey, 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 we're back in action. We're going to start play on here. Golf's starting there. And this is happening there. And I, boop, 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 boop. And they're all acting so excited like it's something to celebrate. But then you look and you see the cases increasing in spikes in 21 of, of the states in this country right now. And guess what's true about sports is at the major level, at the professional level, they, they play throughout the country. So all it takes is one area of the country having a big burst of the virus and the team in that area gets infected or whatever. It's going to throw the whole season off for everybody because that one team is on the schedule for all these other teams. And what happens if they get so many people sick, they can't field a team anymore? And this idea of starting up the seasons is fine. You know, if the whole team's healthy now and things seem like, oh, well, we're okay right now, that's one thing. But what happens when the virus picks up again? What happens when it stretches into the fall and the virus makes a major comeback? You know, and what happens when a player on that team gets sick? What happens to the rest of the team? They just move forward without him? Well, who's that player? I mean, you think about how one of your favorite sports teams, an entire season can basically be lost if they lose one key player to an injury, blows out a knee, whatever. Well, now you're going to be losing them for at least a couple of weeks to a virus. And depending on the sport that could come in, especially with these shortened seasons for a lot of the sports, 
that could throw you off and make the whole season irrelevant. The other thing is because they are so many of them shortened seasons, what do they even mean? You know, why are we doing this? We're going to send all these teams back, start up sports, and maybe the season will just be fall, it will fall apart anyway. We're going, to, we're going to try to have a shortened NFL season, a shortened whatever season, and halfway through or halfway through the playoffs, it'll all fall apart because the virus will blow up on one of the teams. I mean, what if you have a couple teams playing in the playoffs and the one team can't play anymore because, like, 10 of its players tested positive with the virus? Then what happens to the other team? That's it. The playoffs are over. I mean, what if it was the semifinals, the team that was supposed to play them? What, do they just move on to the finals without having to finish the series against a team that can't field enough players to play? And they sit and wait for the final, and they didn't even have to win their semifinal? And you're going to call that a, a trophy of any kind? I mean, it, 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 there's so many permutations of how this whole idea of going on with sports will just fall apart and look ridiculous, you can't even count, including with the NFL. I mean, in one respect, they got very lucky here because their season starts at a time, you know, later in the year, they were able to pull off the draft still, you know, and their training camps were supposed to start here coming up, but still not yet. It could, it would all could fall perfectly. But guess what's not going to fall perfectly? The fucking season. The season's going to start and go into the fall and, you know, right when we'll probably have an upsurge in the virus again in particular. And it hasn't even gone away yet now. So, you know, you can say, oh, NFL's in great shape until you're eight games into a season that you have to abandon because half the teams are decimated by the virus. And then what's that going to do to all this supposed importance of sports and the need for sports we can't take it. We're going out of our heads. People need entertainment. We need this. You know what I think is interesting is a lot of bands and concerts, they just canceled. They canceled all the way into next year. They're not playing around. People need concerts, too. People need to see music and hear music live. But those people aren't going to, oh, we'll do it anyway. No, they're saying, you know what? We're canceling all this shit. We're not going to bring people together. I guess the difference is with concerts... You're talking about a bunch of people crammed together. You can't really social distance them with sports. You can play without the fans. I guess that's the difference, but you're still bringing the players together in the sport. And these are well-paid, celebrity-type people. And you're going to force them to be up against each other's face, spitting and talking and breathing as they play a sport. You know, I don't know. I, I, I just think the whole thing is so short-sighted. That the people that are excited about sports coming back and we're reopening, they're just thinking like, frankly, morons. They're not understanding that, you know, the virus is still here. In fact, it's spiking still, even in the hot weather, even in climates where it's hot. So not only is it not gone, not only have we not flattened the curve in a lot of, in the country as a whole. In fact, that's a lie. Anybody that says we flatten the curve right now is lying in the country. New York flattened their curve, but who knows? They'll have an upswing, too. But other states don't even have flat curves. They're going straight up again. I mean, the virus is still here. You know, and it's going to be here in the fall. And we don't have a vaccine. And there's no likelihood of having one by the end of the year. And yet, we're going to play all these sports. I don't know. I feel like it's just a bunch of people in denial who don't want to accept the truth. It's the same reason they politicized the whole thing and tried to pretend that it was some sort of democratic strategy to tank the economy, to hurt Trump. You know, no, it's, it's just people that believe in science trying to deal with a pandemic.
in the smartest, safest way possible to the benefit of all human beings and life, the preservation of life. That's all it was. Nothing political about this. And um, I just see the sports fans and the the, the sports media uh, just sort of being short-sighted and pig-headed and thinking about themselves and what they want and what they would like to see happen, but not really thinking about, you know, the health of people and and the fact that this, okay, we're going to give this a try, but why don't we, I'd like to take bets, you know. What percentage chance do you think any of these sports that start up are going to be able to finish their playoffs without having to shut down? Any of them, you know, including the ones that, that are starting up and just going to go basically right to the playoffs like the NHL. I mean, do you really think they're going to be able to finish these playoffs before one of the teams gets too many cases of the virus? I mean, I just I'd like to take bets on it. Place your bets. And certainly the NFL. <clears throat> who's, you know, allegedly just going to keep the same schedule. They put out their schedule and they're just going to play. Do you really think we're going to get to the end of a 17-game schedule or 16 games, whatever it is this year, and and the playoffs and the Super Bowl next year? We're going to go all the way through the winter into next year and have a Super Bowl. You really think that's going to happen? No, I, I think it's worth a shot to start, but I mean, I think everybody should be talking like this is silly and it's probably not going to work because that's realistic. And I think it's people dealing with the facts, which is which are that you can't play through this virus. You can't. It's not a cold. It's not a flu. It's so contagious and so potentially deadly that when someone gets it, they have to be isolated. They have to do contract t- tracing. They can't be on the bench waiting for get put me back in, coach. I'm all right. It's just a cough. No, that that's not going to work that, this way, you know, with this particular thing. So I mean, it's going to it's going to be a major problem and a major shakeup. And anybody really getting excited for sports to come is in la la land, and or is just in denial about this virus. <clears throat> and I think that that kind of sadly defines our entire country right now. That is to say, we are in some sort of denial state. I mean, whether it's the denial about the police and what they are really all about, especially when it comes to racism, denial about the damage Trump has done to our reputation as a country internationally, let alone things he's done to change laws and affect us all individually here in the country, Denial about the state of America, which is very, very divided. And even though only about 38% of us are just whacked, um, that doesn't change the fact that we're still very divided. I saw a recent poll that said only, what was it, 52%. Shoot, I'm trying to remember now. It was only... It was something that to me, I mean, a great majority, like over 65% support the protests. Uh, A great majority uh, don't believe that uh, Donald Trump has handled the protests appropriately. Um, But it was something like 52%. Anyway, it's it's a stat. It's nice that it's it's a majority, but it should be way more. And the fact that it's a 
only 52%. It's irrelevant that I brought it up if I can't even remember what the hell it is. But the point is, it was a sign to me that, wow, if only 52% can agree on this even, we're still very divided, you know? I mean, I don't think, you know, if, if, if we want to have any credibility as a nation and if we want to be really doing the right thing, we should have about 65 to 70% agreeing on so many of these issues that Trump has stirred up because they're just, they're issues about common decency and integrity and, and um, compassion and empathy and just being efficient and good as a, as a nation in, in how we're running and how we're treating people. And yet I really feel like we're all just kind of what's permeating this country and what's being propagated is a sense of just grab it while you can take advantage of your neighbor. If you can get what you can, when you can take as much as you can, when you can, because you know, you don't know when you're going to be able to get a chance again. So grab and grab and grab, grab it while you can. And I just see, I was pulling out of a, here's an example. I was pulling out of a, a side street onto a, a main drag, but it was in a shopping center. So these aren't really streets, you know. There's a main pathway for cars in this shopping center area, and I'm pulling out onto it from a side parking area. And there was a car coming, turning into that main area, I definitely had enough space for me to pull out in front of that car and into the main area. No one's traveling fast. So I was just going to pull out into the flow and assumed he would be kind enough to let me pull in front of him. This driver was not wearing a mask, although I don't think anyone needs to be wearing a mask while driving. But I'm just saying I have mine on. He was not wearing a mask and he intentionally sped up so that I couldn't pull out into this main driving way. And he just made me think he was a mean guy and a, and a jag off. And he just didn't need to do that. I mean, why, why aren't we all? I'm not someone who, who like, I'll sneak in here. I need to get, I want to get up on. But it just seemed appropriate for me to pull out there, even though he could have sped, you know, he could drive by me. Sure, I could wait my turn, but it, it was, he saw me. The space was there, you know. If that were me, if I were him, I would have stopped, waved me in, or at least let me pull out, no problem. But he saw me trying to nudge in and he literally sped up in order to cut me out. And this is what people do today in this country. This is the country we live in. We don't really have enough people who are trying to do the right thing and be kind and look out for their brother. You know, Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself. We don't have that at all. We have people basically shitting on their neighbor. I had some Amazon delivery. I had a big package come to me from Amazon uh, yesterday. It was an extra big box because I had 12 liter, 12 bottles of one liter water. So that's very heavy. And that comes in a certain size box. But I also had ordered some other items and they packaged it together. So it came in this one very large box. So large that it was marked careful, heavy, you know, careful picking up and loading heavy, heavy box with stickers that said that about 10 of them all over the box. One of the reasons I get my water through Amazon is that I live up a lot of stairs. I live up on the back end of my building. I'm up on, it would be the fourth floor front end. It's the third floor, but out back, it literally is four floors down. 
So I go up the stairs from the front. So it's only like going up two stories of stairs, but it's about 29. But it certainly is nice if I'm getting anything heavy like cat litter or water to have that delivered by delivery drivers that I pay through buying Prime on Amazon to have them deliver my water. And once I discovered I could do that rather than bringing it home myself and lugging it up from the grocery store, I thought this is wonderful. Once again, making my my $120 yearly fee for Amazon Prime worth it. But what you find is some of these Amazon drivers, they just don't want to bother, especially if it's heavy like that. The very reason you want them to deliver to you is because it's heavy. They're a delivery driver. They do that. And they decide, I don't have to carry a heavy box up a bunch of stairs. I'm not doing that. That's not in my job description. Now, back in the day in America, they never would have done that. If you're a delivery person, you have to deliver it to someone's door. You don't leave it hanging out somewhere where someone could steal it. You deliver it to their door. And if that means going up a bunch of stairs and they don't have a, an, uh, an elevator, well, too bad. That's your job. You've got to do your job. If it's a heavy package, that's your job. Use a, a dolly or whatever. They have tools that delivery people can use to make heavy packages less heavy. But this is twice in a row now. The person hasn't bothered to deliver my water. But this time, they left it downstairs, took a picture, and said it was delivered. Actually had the nerve to not just aver that it was delivered, but to take a picture of it stranded somewhere, not by a door even. Normally when they take the picture, it's sitting by your door, and they take the picture of your door number in the picture, So it shows they delivered it to your door as required. No, this person just took a picture of it sitting somewhere right by the parking lot. You could see cars in the picture. Clearly no door. Clearly showing that it wasn't left at a door. Because they they thought that was okay that they did that. But here's the funny part. I go downstairs to look for it, thinking it's downstairs out front of my building. It wasn't there. But because I saw car pictures, I said, well, it's somewhere down in in one of our buildings here by the parking lot. And I said, well, there are three entrances to my building, one on each end and one in the center. I'm the center. People that deliver me things have to find the correct entrance to my building, the center one, carry it up the stairs and bring it to my door. That's what happens. I've been in this apartment 25, 15 years, been in this complex 20 years, and I can count on two hands the number of delivery people who haven't bothered to do their job and do that. Well, this person not only didn't bother to bring it to my door, they didn't bother to leave it downstairs from my door. They had put it down at an entrance, a different entrance to my building altogether. And then here's what they also did. It wasn't just my big box left there. It was another package for another person in my building left on top of my package. But the picture that was taken that said the package was delivered showed both packages stacked together. They left them stacked together and sent the picture to me. Now, I don't know if they sent that same picture to the other guy who had the other package or not. But the package that was on top also wasn't for that side of the building. It was down on my center entrance to the building. But that was at least on the first floor. Now, you want to tell me why an Amazon driver couldn't deliver a little teeny package to a first-floor apartment that was down in the middle of the building. Why was it sitting on top of my package, which had to go upstairs on the wrong end of the building? 
So I had to pick up this very heavy package with another package on top of it that wasn't mine, carry it down to the middle of the building, set my package back down on the ground, bending over my back to do so, pick up the little package, walk it a little ways down and drop it in front of the door of the person whose package that was, go back and get my package, bend down, pick it up again from the ground, take it up 29 stairs into my apartment. I had to do all that because, hell, that's what I get paid for, right? No, that's what I paid them for. That's what I paid them for. But we live in America. And in America, delivery drivers, some of them nowadays apparently, don't even feel like they have to find the right entranceway to an apartment, let alone the apartment door, let alone deliver the right package to the right door. No, hell, they'll just package deliver. They'll package misdeliver packages. They'll stack two, three, and four packages all for different people together and leave them all at the wrong spot and drive away because that's the country we live in now. And my point is, I don't know why we're all fighting for minorities and so forth when there are so many of these delivery people that are screwing things like this up. I mean, why are we being so liberal in our everyone should be supported when so many of these people are lousy workers? I mean, I don't think whether or not you voted for Trump or didn't vote for Trump or what you think about immigration or this issue or that issue, you know, has anything to do with whether or not you should do your job well. And I think I'm finding a lot of people on both sides of the political spectrum stinking at their jobs nowadays. And a lot of people on both sides of the political spectrum, on all sides of the political spectrum, driving like shit and being rude now. You know, I'm finding a lot of rude people in general. And it doesn't matter if they're a Democrat or Republican. They're rude. And same is true for these sports people promoting the excitement and joy over sports starting back. Some of them are Democrats, some of them are Republicans, all of them are delusional. And I feel like it's just sad that we are in a, in a country right now where nobody wants to face reality, deal with reality. No one wants to be respectful of one another. Everybody wants to tell you how you have to respect them, but they don't want to respect you back. It's like, I don't owe you anything. I've been so aggrieved. I've been so wronged because of my race or my gender that you just have to kiss my ass because I've been so wrong. But it doesn't matter that maybe you've had a rough life too or maybe you actually have been aggrieved. I don't have to worry about that because I'm the protected minority or woman or whatever. This is the country we live in now. It doesn't mean I'm not pro these causes. It just means everybody's worried about themselves and everybody's not worrying about their neighbor. Just the opposite. They're all saying, fuck my neighbor. Not all of them. That's a generalization, but it's just not a happy time to be in America. And I'm not sure I see much hope on the horizon. I have three young men, sons, that are going to be turning 24 in a couple weeks here. And, you know, I worry for their futures because I worry about the future of this country. I don't feel like I don't feel like people their age and younger and people even 30 and younger this these days um, really learned the proper work ethic, really understand how to care about one another and work hard together to achieve something beautiful and great together. I don't feel like the American work ethic and the idea of what made America great is really alive and well in America today. And I feel like we have to do better. We have to do better, all of us.
So will you promise me you're going to try to do better? I'm going to try to do better. Can we try to do better? If our job is to deliver packages, can we, can we get them to the, to the person's residence, please? Can we do that? If we're driving along and we see someone needs to pull in front or wants to, can we just stop and let them? Can we do that? Do we have to be cutting everyone out and taking care of ourselves but shitting on our neighbor all the time? Do we really have to? What is that really benefiting us? We get somewhere two minutes faster. I mean, nobody wants to do the hard work of lifting a box up 29 stairs. Nobody. But somebody is paid to do it, and somebody isn't. It's somebody's job. Nobody wants there to be no sports. Nobody. We all enjoy watching them. But somebody is going to get sick because of that. And it's not going to be the person sitting at home saying, where are my sports? It's going to be the athletes we're forcing to do it. I mean, can't we think more about the consequences on others and not just ourselves? Can't we try to do things more with an eye toward the betterment of others as well as ourselves? Isn't that possible still? I hope so. Don't let me down, America. Work on yourself. Don't give up. Don't shrug and be... Uh, in lack of passion about the future. Find, find hope, find passion, please. We need you, each and every one of you and me. We need to do our best. We need to assert ourselves. We need to not be afraid of hard work. We need to be kind. We need to be peaceful. And we need to really love one another as ourselves just like Jesus said I love you yabba da boop bop